We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, guys, time. are you ready for rapid fire? Let's go. Time. Let's I think go. we're going to have a live one tonight. I think we're going to have a live one. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> okay. So, Doljakovic's Instagram comments before the game Saturday. Just jumping right in. Blue, that's we are. We are jumping right in. We are going for it. I'm going to read them so that everyone, you know, like if you haven't heard them, you haven't seen them, whatever, I'm going to read them. So bear with me here for a minute. We want to hear everything, right? We want to get the whole story. Quote, this is from Phil Dracovic on his Instagram Saturday before the Notre Dame-Boston College game. Quote, I always really liked Notre Dame football despite most of my family having no affiliation or affection for the school. I turned down some great opportunities in order to fill my childhood dream of playing on the team, and I thank everyone who helped to make that happen. Good fortune allowed me to meet some incredible people while there, players, coaches, professors, priests, etc. Notre Dame has been a tremendous force for good in the world, and it will continue this excellence because of its good people. Some derogatory comments have come out in the media in regards to my perspective on the place, and I'd like to clarify. Notre Dame holds some of the highest ideals, and these are very difficult to live up to. I don't think the institution practices its stated virtues in all aspects of campus, but I urge it to do so because I think it can be better. I wish many of those I met much success. Anyone close to me knows how badly I'd love to play this game, but I am currently recovering from a diagnosed concussion, broken rib, and sprained MCL. He continues, as it relates to Boston College, and for some reason that's in quotations, oh, as it relates. Do you know what reason. that means? 100%. Okay. All right. So, oh, I'll save it. Save it. I'll let you I'll let you answer that here in a second. <laughs> as it relates to Boston College, even amid a most difficult year, I have never been more proud to represent the school. The adversity we faced has molded and strengthened me. We're primed for success and it will come soon to the heights on Eagles wings. Although it's been a famine of a season, we should know that it brings no fear. Let's remember that Boston College was founded for and by Irish immigrants. Notre Dame de Lac was founded by the French, something they teach you in first year Moreau. The Dropkick Murphys were started in Boston, and their song For Boston is our fight song. They sing, 
I'm shipping up to Boston and definitely not I'm shipping up to South Bend. So if you're in that stadium and you cheer when that song comes on before kickoff, know that you are either rooting for BC or otherwise supporting cultural appropriation. But in the words of Mac, it ain't nothing but a brand name, end quote. So that is from Phil Jakovic from his Instagram statement. Vince, start me off then. So what is the, as it relates, what, what's the meaning of that? A very, 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 very common phrase that Brian Kelly would always use. It's a total shot right at Brian Kelly, 100%. He always said that as it relates to this, as it relate, he that was like one of his catchphrases okay. that he would always, so that's, that's a shot at Brian Kelly. I, I was going to say, the one I remember the most is just, look, like he would start a sentence off with, look, we're going to do, you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, as he, it, said it, he said that a lot. Again, I mean, the man is not here anymore. Right, 100%. Vince, I'm just Vince saying Vince that's Vince start what and go to Jesse. Vince, yes. start and go to Jesse. Go ahead. So, <laughs> tell me what you think, boys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, so uh, the, the the first paragraph, the first part that you read, you know what? That's fine. You want to get that out? It's your Instagram page. You go right ahead, whatever. I, the only problem I have with that part is you did the exact same thing this summer when he, you know, had that article out and the whole thing, you know, got it off his chest, you know, whatever. He did that already. So, but whatever. The first paragraph's fine. The second paragraph, I felt like he wrote the first paragraph and then came back to the second paragraph after a hard night of partying or something. Because <laughs> it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And obviously, I'm joking around a little bit. But at the same time, like the cultural appropriation thing with the music and all of that, like, what, what are you even talking about? Like, it doesn't... Because you play a song, you have to be that nationality? Like, right. I did, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. So... The second paragraph was weird. The first paragraph is how he feels. Okay. And he's not wrong. There's a ton of institutions out there that claim one thing and they can all do a better job, right? 
I have no problem with that. Zero. Right. Zero problem with that. There's plenty of people at Notre Dame I have a problem with, right? And that's okay. The second paragraph was just weird. Yeah, I, I a lot of what Vince said, I agree on. I, I think that he should have just ended it after the first paragraph. The second paragraph just seemed to be more of a stretch and kind of to to prove another point of him. But ultimately, what I'll say is this. It felt like Phil had to get one more shot off, right? He couldn't play. He had to get the final statement in. He knew what was coming to Boston College yesterday. He knew that they were the inferior opponent. Things haven't been going well. And that's what it just felt like. You know, it's like when you're in an argument with someone and someone's always got to kind of get the last word. It felt like Phil was really fighting uh, to get his last word. You know, obviously it brings back a lot of memories, emotions, you know, Boston College coming to Notre Dame. There's just a lot that comes around it. Um, but I, I, I like what Vince said. It felt like he wrote the first paragraph and then came back to it like a week later and wrote the second paragraph because he knew he wanted to say something more, but he didn't and know how to quite thing. finish. Yeah, and another thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just, you know, in the, the, the whole, like to, to end it on the words cultural appropriation, I thought that was a very, was- very big stretch. I was like, come on, man. Like, really, that's that's how you're going to, you know, sum up this whole thing is that it's cultural appropriation if you cheer for Notre Dame inside it, because they're technically playing a Boston College song inside Notre Dame Stadium, like you know, it, it just it felt. I wonder if they taught him that in first year Moreau as well, like <laughs> like what actually cultural appropriation is. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it just all felt like a stretch, and again, that he wanted to get the last word because of you know things haven't gone right for him, and and, and the end of his career is also kind of not ending how it wants See, to. And this this is where we are, and like. Here's here's what I remember about the start of his career. Like for starters, do you remember his first spring, Vince, when he he played in the blue gold game and you know he was sacked all all those times in the blue gold game because the you know the rules of the game were he had you know they wanted him to stay in the pocket they didn't want him running and it was like two hand touch to sack the quarterback and I was there when he talked to the media afterwards Mm -hmm. and he was literally despondent, despondent. He was just broken down because poor Phil Jerkovic wasn't allowed to play his game. Like they changed the rules and Phil Jerkovic, you know, it was just a bad day for Phil. He literally looked like he wanted to cry sitting there. And as an 18 year old, okay, you're, you're 18 years old. You're just out of high school. I get it. You've got all this ability. You want to show your stuff, whatever, you know, it wasn't because he had a bad game though. It was because they tweaked the rules of the game and it didn't suit his skills, which means it didn't suit Phil Jerkovic. Again, five years ago, I guess, almost at this point. So, okay, whatever. But then, of course, he transfers after two years, which is fine. A lot of guys transfer. You know, there's there's stuff that happened behind the scenes that, that you know, not everybody knows about. I get that. You know, things happened. But he moves on. But, you know, like Joe Burrow went to LSU. He wasn't throwing stones at Ohio State. He just, you know, won a national championship, won a Heisman, smoked a cigar, did his walk-off, and he's in the NFL. You know, it's like, let your play do the talking, Phil. You shouldn't need to do this at this point. We get it. You're hurt. But, you know, and that's the thing, really, is it's like he's hurt and he wants to lash out once again. You know, he airs it out over the summer. In the newspaper article, it's his right. Right. Yep. He did it. I, I had no problem with it. You know, very rarely do you see college kids actually come out and actually say something. Everyone and get an opportunity. You know, yeah. get an opportunity, right? I mean, he was rolled out the red carpet on this one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's just like a case of unrequited love, it seems like. It's like he loved Notre Dame. Notre Dame just didn't love him enough back, you know? And obviously, Brian Kelly didn't love him enough back because if that's the shot, and I didn't even pick up on that at first, but that's the shot at Brian Kelly. He's still taking shots at Brian Kelly, who's at LSU now. Like, who is your grudge with? Who's your beef against? That's <laughs> right. what I don't get, you know? And then, like, you read the the stuff about, you know, the, the Irish founding Boston College and the French founding Notre Dame. Well, thanks for the history lesson, Phil, I guess. It's like, to me... It's like the whole thing, you know, he talks about the virtues and, and you, you, you know, just like what you said, Vince, it doesn't matter what what school, what company, what corporation, like the farther you go in life, there's always going to be somebody or something that represents themselves as one thing. Always. But then the deeper you look, it's not quite, you know, that same thing. And that's that's it just Phil just hasn't come to grips with this. It seems like someone just needs to put their arm around him and say, look, I love you, kid. It's time to move on. You know, right. like, like, the, you know, it's like he needs the Robin Williams treatment. It's not your fault, Phil. It's not your fault. You know, now go see about a girl someplace. You know, that's, that's <laughs> well what done. it comes down to. And like the cultural appropriation thing with the song, like, you know, did, did Notre Dame also culturally appropriate and the rest of the sports world basically culturally appropriate the Seven Nations Army thing because the white stripes are from Detroit? You know, like did the Kansas City Chiefs culturally appropriate Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones because the Stones are from London? Like people play songs in stadiums. I don't All get why. Time. Like it just it just feels like a bunch of nanny nanny boo boo stuff. And you know, he's he's trying to be the smartest guy in the world, you know, in the room and like show us. You know, I know better than all of you guys. And it's just, it, it, it's like, you're a good quarterback. We we get it. You're hurt. But you, you're 23 years old at this point. And just like we said with that newspaper article, he already said what needed to be said. If he had left this at the end of that first paragraph, it's like, take the high road. You know, right. that's what whoever should be telling him. Just take the high road in all of this and move on. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, moral of the story, the man's heart is hurt. And I think yeah. that's the biggest point. Yep. But it's been yeah. three years. Time's supposed to heal all wounds, man. <laughs> Let it go. Right. Let it go. And 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 the fact I, I'm I don't know all the facts and I don't know the whole story, but his beef is with Brian Kelly. And I know there's some beef with Tommy Reese, right? I mean, there's a reason right. he left. But right? most of it's He's with Brian gone. Kelly. He's yeah. gone. He's not even there anymore. Yes. That's oh. what I don't get. That's brutal. So Marcus Freeman, after the game, was asked about his team overcoming the bumps in the road that they've had this year. And I'm going to read another quote here. Quote, they're resilient. We've got a lot of resilient group of leaders. And I think I said this to Zara post-game, is that this university attracts resilient people. If you're not a resilient person, you're not going to make it here. And that's something that I've learned in my short time here. This place weeds out non-resilient people, you know, this university. And it even happens in the football program. If you're not a resilient, tough-minded person, this probably won't, at some point, won't be the place for you. And you'll say, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else. But that's what this place, this university attracts, resilient people. And we're fortunate we get to coach great football players that are resilient people. So I think that's a reflection of this university, end quote, from Marcus Freeman. So I'm curious your thoughts on this, guys. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, so when I heard it um, initially, it, it, I didn't think too much of it. But then the more I kind of looked at it and the more 
I listened to it or went through it a couple of times. It seems like it was very kind of pointed at maybe some of the events that led up to that game. And that that's what I'm thinking to- as I'm listening to this. But, you know, there's never anything asked about Phil, but it sure sounded like like a subtweet toward Phil, right? <laughs> I think it checked a lot of different boxes. I think it, it did, you know, it, it accomplished that. It accomplishes where they are right now. And I just overall, it just, you have to be a strong-minded person to, to play at Notre Dame more, more so than your athletic ability. And that's kind of what, what we saw with Phil is like, he, he didn't have the mental strength to kind of overcome, you know, the physical limitations that he was going through. And whether you want to say that was a direct shot or not, it fits the shoe in that, in that situation. It felt like, you know, Freeman was just saying that we have very strong and resilient players. And that's kind of what's going to separate us from a lot of these other teams is not only are our guys very athletic, but they're also very smart and very strong willed and very strong minded at the same time. I don't think it had anything to do with Phil personally because Marcus Freeman wasn't here for Phil Dracovic. I It's off his radar, in my opinion. I don't think well, don't he think might he not have been here, but the comments came out this that there's, that morning. There's so, only one guy left that was here when he was here. One. And I don't. That doesn't just, mean he can't have an opinion on it. You know, I get it, but I don't think he. I I just think he's got way too many fish to fry to worry about a guy that wasn't even here when he was here that he doesn't even know at all. I think it was pointed at the guys that are currently on his roster. And I think it's pointed at the recruiting, the, the recruits that are out there. Like he's sending a message like, look, we take a certain kind of guy here. And it, and if, you know, for lack of a better term, as one former LSU coach once said, if you don't have the chest to be here, then we don't need you here. Like I, it's, you got to be a certain kind of person to be at the University of Notre Dame, play on our team. So I, yeah. I think it was a message sent to his current team and then future recruits coming to his team yeah i just look at this place weeds out non-resilient people i mean it could have been a it could have been a veiled you're not a resilient tough-minded person this probably won't be the place for you and you'll say hey i'm gonna go some but it it very well could have been a veiled you know remark towards the people that have left since he's been there i just don't think he's going that far back in the machine i would say this like marcus freeman i think is aware of you know, he's we gotta remember this guy is 36 years old. So he's grown up more in a social media age For sure. than you or I. You know, like he's closer to 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 Jesse. You know, but basically he's right between you and Jesse. He's kind of in that, you know, in that that center space. He seems very aware of a lot of things. So you're right. Like he didn't know Phil Dracovic. He wasn't here for Phil Dracovic, but like anybody else who got up in the morning you know, and saw that Phil Dracovic fired this off the day that Notre Dame and Boston College are playing a football game. Could it be about recruiting as well? I think it could, be, you know, because he is also a very good recruiter. And he can also know that maybe some of his recruits are on Instagram and probably saw this, you know, like you had former Notre Dame people, yeah. for that matter, commenting on the Dracovic yeah. thing, you know. so It could have very well been a response to that, but maybe not directed at Phil. Right, I think yeah. that's a good point that you make. Like he put that out there. It, I don't it, think he was talking to Phil. Right. Exactly. It was responding potentially that to that. I could get on board with that part. Yeah. I could get on. Board I, yeah. With. And that's what it may be, you know, like when I said the subtweet, like he wasn't talking directly to Phil, but right. it was like, right. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. And I there were a lot of different it. things this could mean, but. Yeah, do you guys think the weather plays into that because of how well that they performed in the cold, the snow? You know, that's resiliency. That That's tough-minded stuff. You have to want sure. to play in that stuff. You have to accept that that's what's going to happen. 
And it, it just didn't look like they lost a step, right? It, it looked like that that stuff had no phase on their game. So that was another aspect, just kind of sitting here thinking that I, I think was another maybe way that it could have been, you know, put out there as well. Could have been, yeah. 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 Fill in the blank, guys. Vince, I'll start with you on this one. Notre Dame's 21 and 31 offensive personnel groups are blank. What make the world go round, baby? <laughs> we need to see more of it. We need to see more of it. That is a matchup nightmare for teams against Notre Dame, period. There are not a lot of teams that can go three deep at the running back position and it be a matchup nightmare for defenses. Notre Dame can do that. They need to continue to do that, period. Yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback off events a little bit, but 21 and 31 offensive personnel groups are a defensive Defense slash linebackers worst nightmare. It creates, <laughs> and, and when you when you put Tyree out there as a as a former middle linebacker, the last thing you want to do is see that man wheel out of the backfield because guess what? That yeah. means you have that guy one on one, and he is one of the fastest players on the field. And yes, he can catch the ball, he can wheel, he can do you know anything that you want. So it is a defensive, and more specifically, linebacker matchup nightmare when you have to and when these linebackers have to already worry about getting punched in the mouth by the offensive line and the run game and now you throw in a wrinkle of potentially having to cover a running back out of the backfield one-on-one it is the you know it, it is it is it is Notre Dame's most lethal weapon yeah. on offense right now and it needs to be utilized more I love seeing the 31 personnel package I just you've seen all the backs go in different you know motions oh different gosh. ways it oh, is just instant chaos beautiful. for for the D for the defense it just throws off every single read and yeah, I, I just wish that we could, you know, we talk about it every week, but I just wish that we could see more of it because it is a nightmare match or matchup nightmare. Like Vince said, yeah, I can't imagine the look on my face, Vince, when that 31 person, <laughs> oh, I've got my binoculars and I'm like, 31, <laughs> you couldn't even get it out. <laughs> There's three backs out there and then boom, the pass. Tommy Reese is just a player, man. He is like <laughs> that girlfriend or that boyfriend who like you're on the fence with, you know, are you going to stay? Or are you going to go? And then they do something, you know, a little nice thing for you and they pull you back in and it's, Oh, I just love you, baby. And then, you know, I look back at my game notes <laughs> and I see 21 personnel digs for 26 yards. And then it's like your middle school crush just passed you one of those little notes, you know, with the, do you want to go to the dance check? Yes or no, you know, thing. And, you know, of course you're going to check yes, because now, you know, you're you're back in, and the next thing you know, it's 31 personnel, and all these running backs are on the field, and not just on the field, it's an offset eye formation out of the shotgun, and it's 28 yards of pass play to Logan Diggs, and it's, you know, again, I'm like bouncing in my chair out there, and then, you know, it's like, I'll go to the Valentine's dance with you, Tina, you know, and the dance was great, and the best dance ever, but then the next thing you know, Tommy's back in love with 12 personnel. You know, I get it. It works. It's reliable, all that stuff. But 12 just ain't as sexy as 21, baby. And I don't care how young you were. I, you know, I'm ready to propose. And, you know, if you keep teasing me with all that, you know, high cut 31 skirt stuff. So, like, just stop dragging my heart around right now. You know, let's let's go. Let's grab that net and catch that beautiful butterfly. I'm ready to go. Just give me more of it. Inject it right here with the 21 and 31, like every time with very few exceptions that they do something out of that. It's, it's a big play. 
to one of those running backs. It's, no. it's just like you cannot stop it because of what Jesse said. It's a total mismatch. Yeah, and I think I, I the only thing that will redeem Tommy in this season and not utilizing it, if he can confidently say, I was saving it for USC, right? Like this is the game. If you're going to pull it out and you're you're creating yep. all these matchups and you're scoring a lot of points because look how many points USC gave up last week to UCLA. You know, it, it, this is the game where you, it, you have nothing left. You know, empty the tank. Show me all that you got yeah. with 21 and 31 personnel. Show me. You tell me you're this creative guru. Show me how creative you can get with 21 and 31 because it is right. going Make to give you it. it is going to give you the best chance in the passing yes. game this, this week. It is going to give you, for what your offense can do and what Pine can do, it is going to give you your best passing opportunity. Make them stop it because yep. who stopped it? The only times that, that it's been stopped were, you know, again, like they ran – that little like the the shovel pass or jets whatever that was to Chris Tyree and it didn't do much and I think they ran one to Diggs and it didn't do much but when they throw out of it especially it's like boom right down I wish field. I kept a tracker because I could I'm almost confident that you could say they average like at least 20 yards per play when they use multiple back sets I wouldn't doubt it the only thing that kills the average is like the 5 yard touchdown to Tyree last week against Navy <laughs> right because you he know? had to stop running Bad yeah choice the play was over <laughs> That's yeah right. That's yeah. right. It's just a, we keep talking about it. Total mismatch. And I tell you what, man, it's like, like you know, like, like, what are they going to do? And I guess it's still considered an offset eye, even though the guy's in the shotgun. I don't know if you would call it like pistol with an extra back or, you know, I don't know exactly what you would call that. But it's like when I was starting off doing like calling high school games, you would see like offset eye formation type oh, stuff, yeah. was, you know, like like back in the nineties and stuff like that. And it's, it was like, you know, like you talk about, you, you talk about Tommy Reese's imagination. Like that's, that's right. where it shows. Here we he, go. Can, he can just eat defenses up with that all day long. There's and there's no excuse for this week because it was almost a hundred points scored in that game. <laughs> almost a hundred points. Like you've got to be able to score on this USC defense. Yes. Okay. And They're I got to score lot. themselves. Yes. Absolutely. And I've got a lot of faith in Notre Dame's defense, but USC is going to score. So you've got to score more points than them. It is time to unload the playbook. All right. It's time to unload it. I want to see the imagination. Okay. I agree. So with the college football playoff set to expand in the next few years, there's discussion about whether the first round games, excuse me, will be played on campus host sites in the month of December. Here's what Marcus Freeman said when I asked him about that today. A team in South Bend, Indiana, um, for a playoff game, and would be very uh, hopeful that the weather was like last night. <laughs> That's an advantage for us, I feel. That's what I said. I said, hey, you just got done playing in that weather. You want to do that again? So Marcus Freeman is all in favor of it. Surprisingly, I've seen stuff on social media, Leah, I think social media about like people not liking this idea of like especially playing cold weather games in college football playoff games. What do you think, Vince? All right. So number one, with the way that things are going to go, Notre Dame cannot be in the top four. They cannot get a bye. So Correct. if they're in the playoff, they are most likely going to be hosting. Okay. There is no more of a home field advantage if you're in the North than playing at home, right? And it's not just for Notre Dame. It's anybody in the North. Ohio Michigan, State, Kiddos, Michigan, Ohio State, Kiddos, Wisconsin, all of the above, whoever it happens right? to be. Yeah. 
you want that home field advantage. You want there to be a benefit to you being the higher seed and hosting, okay? If Notre Dame is not allowed to get a bye, the best they can do is host. I want an advantage if I'm hosting. So 100% you have those on campus. Are you kidding me? Why would you want to take Notre Dame's home field advantage and take it to San Diego or Florida or one of these other bowl sites? Uh-uh, no way. I don't like that at all. You, I want those on campus, period. I think first and foremost, we need to recognize the quality of questions that were thrown out there today. <laughs> Seems like you were just a question machine up there, getting all your questions in. So Two. Everybody gets two per week. I asked the Buckner question, I asked the playoff question. I felt like there were two solid questions today. So. <laughs> I was I was saying so too. There was no sarcasm in that in that answer. But like Vince said, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to bring an SEC team, oh. a Texas school, a Pac-12 school in the middle of South Bend, in the middle of December? Like those guys are it's gonna be instant, you know, complaining. Like that that they're not built to play in that. They don't play in it all season. They play the, the lowest they get to is what maybe like 60 degrees, 50 degrees, maybe. Right. And so it's like if you throw in 30, 20 degrees and a little bit of adverse weather, that's just another advantage that you have. And when you're talking about an entire season, you're talking about the playoff, you should be rewarded for your, you know, your entirety of your work. And that's definitely an advantage that comes by being the home team. Uh, for a playoff game. So I'm all for it. And you can't, there's no other side of the coin, in my opinion. There's nothing that can, can convince me otherwise. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he would say, well, you know, it's a playoff game. It's a very important game. You don't want to play it in the cold and, and that kind of thing. Like Gene Smith at Ohio state, the athletic director down there last year, when it came up the first time, he said, Oh, I think we'd rather play like at Lucas oil field, you know, in the dome so that you don't have to get your field ready. He talked about all this different stuff. But then he came back this year and said, yeah, you know, on second thought, I would like to to play at home. I think the question is going to – I favor it as well. Like, especially if you're Notre Dame, using Notre Dame as an example, because of what you said, they're never going to get a first-round buy right. in this new format. You know, And that's kind of the compromise that Jack Swarbrick had to make to get them to expand to 12 because he wanted it to be 12 so it gives Notre Dame greater access to the playoff well part of this as well if you if you're not going to play if you're not going to get a bye you're going to have to play first round games and so if you've got a chance to play at home and have a, an advantage like that against a team from the south you got to take it what's going to be interesting I think is you know you've got the Big Ten and you've got Notre Dame who aren't necessarily usually partners in much Big 12, not a whole lot of teams up north, especially ones that are probably going to be making the playoffs. So my point is, will all these warmer weather conferences vote for something like this, knowing that maybe, you know, some of these teams up north, whether it's a Big Ten school or Notre Dame, could have an advantage like that? Would they want to would they would they vote to do that? Would that be enough to keep them from voting it down? Because because the other side of this is everyone who gets to host has a chance for more revenue out of the deal. So that'll, I think that'll probably go farther. It'll be interesting to see because Jack Swarbrick does have a lot of sway when it comes to these decisions. And so he's already made a gigantic concession by saying, Hey, we don't even need a buy. You know, that's a huge concession. And if I'm him, I'm like, look, we already gave that up. We gave that to you. We gave you the first round buy. has to be a conference champion. Okay, great. We at least get a home game. Yeah. 
I mean, sorry. I mean, again, he's got a lot of sway when it comes to this. He was involved in making this thing happen. I think he's going to have a lot of sway. And I initially did not like, you know, the, 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 the model that they're going to end up going to, you know, what we're talking about, the 12 teams, you know, basically just the exact format that they're, that they're going to end up going to when, when they do expand because of the fact that Notre Dame was never going to get to be a top four. But again, when you look at it, when you go from four teams to eight teams, that's much greater opportunity. And like, if you're looking, what's, what's a priority for Notre Dame long-term independence, right? And if, if that is, if that is your stated number one goal to be able to remain independent, then you absolutely need this 12 team format. And that was a concession that's worth making. If that's what what your priority is. Yep, no doubt. I think a lot of people made a good point in the chat. There's a reason why Notre Dame always plays USC in October, and there's a reason why Notre Dame always goes to USC in the late right. last game of the season. In November. Because yep. USC doesn't want to play in the cold. So well, they should have joined the Big Ten. <laughs> and see, and that's well, that's that's a subject for another day. We'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll address that because that's I do think that that is those two things are connected. If you're, if you're going to be playing in the big 10, you're going to be on the road some in November. And if you can go on the road to Ohio state, basically anywhere in the big 10, if you can go on the road anywhere in the big 10, November, November, you can come to South Bend. Right. And you you know, you watch the last game of the seat. Well, no, it depends on what they do with Notre Dame, obviously, as far as USC is concerned, you watch that last game. game It's going to be UCLA and USC last game of the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? That way they're guaranteed to be in California. Yeah. You know what was interesting? When I talked to RJ Abadia, the, the USC guy yesterday, he told me that because of this scheduling arrangement, you know, the every other November that USC and Stanford have with Notre Dame, have you ever noticed that USC and Stanford always play relatively early in September every year? I did not. It is because of the Pac-12 basically told them, well, if you want that weekend free, you know, Thanksgiving weekend every other year, you've got to play each other in hmm. September. That's like part of their part of the deal. So, yeah, I found that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, the entire playoff is a money grab. I mean, that's ultimately <laughs> why everyone else they're, is expanding. They're the arguing between a top money. eight or a top 12. Yeah. Yeah. It's all money, guys. It's all based on money. Yeah. And it's already decided. So you, you might as right. well not even argue about whether it's going to be eight because it's going to be 12. So <laughs> fill in the blank. It's blank that Benjamin Morrison now has five interceptions in the last three games. Jesse, start us. It's completely bonkers that Benjamin Morrison now has five interceptions in three games. And I'll tell you why. Because it would be impressive if this was like any player. It, more so like a fifth-year guy, a grad transfer guy, a guy that's – been in the system for three or four years. He's got the experience under his belt. But no, he he is making plays as a true freshman. This is a true freshman that had three interceptions in one game. And to me, that is the most impressive part about all of this. Is this is a first a freshman cornerback? This is this is you know the first year in a defense. All of it. All of, you take all of that combined, and then you start you know his performance has been well. But then when you start throwing in the cherries on top of interceptions, creating extra possessions for your offense and he's just a freshman, that's what makes this bonkers to me, is I just kept looking over to my friend on Saturday and saying, this is a true freshman. Like, this <laughs> this isn't a grad transfer. This isn't a fourth-year guy. This is a true freshman that is just willingly taking the ball away from other teams. And quite frankly, I just don't understand why, because once again, 
what success has been proven uh, that that throwing at him is going to accomplish you anything. I think literally it's just teams don't think he he can continue to do it because he is so young. It's like, oh, well, we've seen him do it on tape, but he's got to mess up, right? He's young. He's due to mess up. He's not messing up, everyone. He, he's going to continue to make plays. It's amazing. I mean, it and and frankly, it's stupidity on the part of defensive coordinators. Yes. I mean, period. <laughs> well, what do you do? Why do you keep throwing at him? Why? Why? Three interceptions? You should have stopped throwing at him maybe after two. Maybe. I don't know. But that that's just, come on, guys. You got to be smarter than this. It's going to be very interesting. Again, USC is very deep. They're across the board. So I think all the DBs are going to get picked on to a degree at some point or another. But you can't possibly think, let's go after the true freshman. I mean, that can't be your game plan. They threw at him on the very first play of the game. Like that was a game plan. Find 20 and, and, and throw that direction. Of course, it's incomplete. And then a couple plays later, he gets the first of his three interceptions. And then he picks another, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, there's a very simple solution. If you don't want the ball intercepted at this point, because let's remember, you know, two interceptions against Clemson, three against Boston College. It was Navy in between. They pass more than they usually do, but they still don't pass that much. So it's like if you're playing a, a real opponent, maybe he gets one or two more in between. And it's the solution is simple. Stop throwing in his direction if you don't <laughs> want it intercepted. It's, right. I, I don't know why it has to be that difficult, but bigger he's a question. He's and a I, I hope maybe if it's in if it's later in the week, potentially just let me know. But what what do we think about Morrison traveling with uh with Addison? Do you think that's a thing or you just kind of keep keep your defense? with how it's been just whoever whoever lines up who lines up are you making a conscious effort to move Morrison around based on matchups it's not how they play defense they play sides yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna shadow anybody so you just stick yeah. with what you're doing you, you Build stay boundary. you know yeah. yeah another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Notre Dame now has won 28 games over ACC teams in 19 straight games in the month of November. Which is the bigger deal, Vince? I think it's the November games uh, because that's when it matters. Not, not that the entire season doesn't matter because it does. I mean, we've seen it a million times. But if Notre Dame would have lost only to Ohio State, they'd be in the playoff right now or they'd be, darn, they'd be in the conversation, right? And so – the November games are what matters. When you lose late, it affects you more than if you lose early. And the ACC hasn't proven anything to me that they're a great conference as far as football is concerned. Maybe they're a little bit deeper than some of the other conferences, right? Maybe, you know, some of their media, their middle teams are better than the middle teams of other conferences. Okay. But winning in November is way more important to me than just winning against ACC teams. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Vince for a lot of the same reasons. Winning in November is far more important uh, especially when you're a team that is continuously going after college football playoff spots late uh, in, in the season. It is it is most crucial that you end on a, on a winning streak because you get that momentum. You're showing the committee you have that momentum and you just wait for someone else to, to, to fall down. Right. Like there's all these 
one loss, two loss teams in front of Notre Dame right now, and they just continue to win. And the more they lose, they're just going to continue to jump over people, jump over people, jump over people. And so in terms of finishing out a season and playing your best football, getting the highest ranking possible, it is obviously more important that the the record in November um, yeah. is better. And if they win this week, you know, 20 wins, that that's for you. You average about four games every November. That's five, five straight years. seasons of yeah. not losing in November. So I think that is a very – very good sign of where the football program has been, you know, over the years. And it's a, it's just a standard now, which is nice to see They're They're always finishing the season on their best foot. The 28 straight over ACC teams that helps like pave your road to get into playoff contention at the end of the season, the 19 straight November that that punches your ticket in, yeah. into being in there, you know, and great teams, win in November. That's basically what it comes down to. And especially when there is no December, unless you're in a bowl game for Notre Dame, you know, December, January, whatever it happens to be, you've got to finish it off in November. So I, I agree with everything you guys said. I don't have much more to add. It's about, it's about November closing out the season strong. Mm -hmm. What, what did the old segment used to be Vince finish strong? Just Remember saying, those days? I do. <laughs> and we did every time we did, we did baby. Uh, Roy Boy, yes, this is a Cowboy shirt. You can see the top of the star there. He says his nemesis, he's got the San Francisco 49ers. Well, mm, not yeah. your nemesis last year when you kicked our butts in the playoffs, but it has to give him credit for the butt kicking that they put on Minnesota yesterday. Speaking of which. I say that's apropos right there. <laughs> fair or foul, CBS cutting away from the Cowboys-Vikings game in the third quarter because the Cowboys – we're dominating the Vikings so badly. Jesse, you yeah. must have been watching live when it happened. So what did you think? What do you think? <laughs> I thought it was funny. I was actually watching on the ticket, so I, it didn't cut away for me. But it's uh, basically if you were in a live CBS market, like, uh, you know, that that's that's the national game of the week that you got. Then, yeah, they did cut you away to go to uh, Steelers and Bengals. And I, can, I think it's completely fair. You know, when a game isn't when it's national game of the week, and a team is kicking another team's butt, and it's clearly not a game, and you have another game. I heard tied. they did this even in Dallas, though. I heard they did it in Dallas even. They cut away from the Cowboys game. That's kind of crazy. I it, Dallas market's foul. Every other market, fair. <laughs> because he, they just went to the, the game. You know, the, the Steelers had already beaten the Bengals twice. The Bengals are kind of reeling, trying to get back and win the division. It's a rivalry game. I think it's fair that they cut to it. I just think it's funny that Minnesota got dominated like that to the point that it was even an option that they could cut away from the game <laughs> i don't remember them doing that very often well part of the reason is nfl games aren't usually blowouts so right you're not really mopping up like they did yesterday right so it's fair because frankly if i'm watching if i'm if i am just an impartial fan which i would have been in this case right i want to see good football and if you're getting dominated that's not a good football game now if you're a cowboy fan it's good football because you want to see it obviously uh, but, Ed says they didn't cut away in Dallas. Okay. That's just what I had heard. That's just what I had heard this so there morning. You go. So, so yeah, yeah, I want the best game possible if I'm just watching football, right? So I think it's fair. I think they did the right thing. I was going to say foul for you, Sean, but I, sorry, I can't. Yeah, you know, it, like <laughs> I was at a basketball game anyway, so I wasn't, you know, around when it happened. But I walk in and I'm thinking I'm going to because I had a bunch of stuff to do because, you know, I've always got the game recording. I was going to come home. I, I just I didn't even have time to watch it, but I figured, well, 
I'll, I'll sit down and I'll at least watch the fourth quarter. And then I turned it on and I'm like, is it already over? They're showing the Steelers and the Bengals. What, what, what is this? And so that was kind of that. If I was watching live, like, and I didn't have, and like the bigger question for me, because remember the whole thing with the ticket last week when the, when the Bills Vikings game went overtime and it bled into the start of the Cowboys game. True. So they didn't show the start of the game. And then I go to the Sunday ticket channel and it won't let me watch it there because it's blacked out because it's supposed to be on national TV. So like they're going to flip this game in the national window. Would I have been able to go to my Sunday ticket channel and watch it? Probably not based on what happened last week. So that would have really ticked me off because look, if you were watching Notre Dame beat the snot out of Boston college Saturday night, and you haven't got to see them, you know, beat up on teams a whole lot, <laughs> plus it's a snow game and everything else. Like, you know, maybe you decide you want to walk away, but maybe you decide you just want to relish it and watch it a little bit. That's where I would have been. And I would be ticked off if my game got preempted for a game that I don't care about a full quarter early. So, yeah, I mean, I watched it to the end. I, I relished all of the butt kicking that uh, went on, especially after, the collapse against the Packers the week before and all this hype around the Vikings. So I, I just enjoyed it because of what it was, you know, the, the Cowboys just like Notre Dame don't really blow out a lot of people, right? A lot of their games come down to the fourth quarter, a lot of, you know, last second drives. And so to see them actually dominate a really good team was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Your favorite sports aspect of the Thanksgiving weekend is blank. It's football all day on Thursday. I mean, I, <laughs> there's only so much family I can handle. And I enjoy having that game on in the background. My father-in-law is obviously a Lions guy. True. So I there's always his team on. So we always get to make fun of the Lions. So that's always fun. And there's been some decent matchups. And now, and then, you know, obviously the last few years, they've added the the, the Thursday night one as well, right? Uh, you know, there's three games, obviously. There's three games on. I love it, man. Bring on football. Bring on football and food. And I just love to sit there and fall asleep watching football. <laughs> uh, my favorite aspect of Thanksgiving weekend, honestly, is the rivalry Saturday. I love all of the matchups. I love Auburn, Alabama. I love Michigan, Ohio State. I love, you know, USC, Notre Dame. There's usually large implications that go with a lot of these games. It, it always comes down to kind of determining these last, you know, who are the two te- last couple of teams are going to be left in, left out of the college football playoff. Um, and especially, you know, I, I know a lot of people would probably expect me to say Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which is obviously up there. I like to get my Thanksgiving meal in, take a little nap, have my leftovers for the Cowboys game. It's nice, you know, tradition. But Cowboys suck on, on Thanksgiving, it, yes. it seems, as of recent. And it's been miserable to watch them on Thanksgiving. <laughs> And I just don't want to do it anymore. I wish they didn't even play on Thanksgiving anymore because it seems like I'm set up for failure I'm, every I'm year. Tired so I'm of being around. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you finish. I'm just more so looking forward to college football this year. I'm with you because I'm tired of <laughs> being miserable on Thanksgiving. It ruins casual, my Thanksgiving. With casual fans watching and like I care about what's going on in this game and the Cowboys have just let us down. I don't know how many Thanksgivings in a row at this point. You know, remember the Raiders game on Thanksgiving last year? That Got was blown out by Josh Allen on Thanksgiving. There you go. Two years ago. I'm tired Got of being embarrassed miserable. by Cam Newton on Thanksgiving against the Panthers. Let's see. Jesse's just going to rattle them all off. And 
this Giants game feels like a trap game. Considering I know. There's seven I know. and three. There's a I don't want it. There's and a wild card I suppose spot it's good line. because I'll be in the Bahamas and the women's basketball team is playing at the same time as the Cowboys game. So I don't um, even know if we're going to get TV down there. You know, what kind of TV yeah, is for football one? down in the Bahamas? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> and if we get it, I'll probably get to watch the fourth quarter at best. The Leon Lett game. Jesse's too young for that one. I think I, you are banned from watching games considering you missed the Vikings game, and that's the outcome that we got. <laughs> Here's a question Timothy had, a little bonus question. Is Braden Lindsay good enough for the NFL but has just had bad quarterback play? He could make a roster with that speed. Absolutely. He could definitely make yeah. a training camp roster, get his opportunity, and if that's, that's the case he wants to make, well, guess what? NFL quarterbacks are a lot better, so – Show what you can do. Use that speed. I think he's definitely got a shot. It's just a matter of what he does with the shot because he's got the speed to play in the NFL, and that's half the battle. I don't have any more to add to that. I think that's exactly right. He's got the speed to at least, you know, even if he doesn't get drafted, you know, and he does have another year. He he does have a year of eligibility remaining. That's true. Um, And they could use him. I mean, they – they could yeah. definitely use him. There's no doubt about that. They could use him. They'll ask him back. I almost guarantee yeah. it. But I mean, he can, with the speed that he has, you know, he's not going to get to go probably, you know, down to the combine unless he comes back for another year and, and you know, gets an invite. To the, he definitely, the combination of everything has played against him this year. You know, like the quarterback play, you know, all these different things. You know, there's, there's some different things at play. Um, but I think that I, I think that with the speed that he's got, you know, he has a good pro day. He's got a chance to at least, you know, get an invite or you know get a a non drafted free agent sign after the draft, that kind of thing. Get into a camp. I got one. Qu- I got. I've got a question for you guys off the off the cuff. You ready? Okay. Former Notre Dame wide receiver Chris Fink was at L- at the LSU game on Saturday, as opposed to being at Senior Day for Notre Ooh, Dame football. Man. Fair or foul, he put this on his, his Twitter account, fair or foul that the Holtz's Heroes Foundation Twitter account replied at to Brute? And I think I know who runs the Holtz's Heroes Twitter <laughs> I think account. I do too. So <laughs> I, I, am with, I am with him. I am with him on that. <laughs> you cannot, sh- come on. You can't show up at LSU. Come on. Brutal brutal you got an opportunity to go to a college football game and you're going to lsu as opposed to your own your alma mater on senior day come on man yeah that too brute guys great one tonight we we covered a lot i think yeah we did feel good about it that's right because we got no show tomorrow so that's right we got to make sure we get we we bring the heat today so the rest of the week we have no idea what's what it's going to look like jesse where did he go? There he is. He's back. He was out and in. Excuse me. Rest of the week, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We do know there will not be an IB Nation sports talk tomorrow. There will be a college football playoff uh, ranking show. I'm not sure what time because I'm not sure what time the show, yeah. the, you know, the rankings come out. Right. So. And Brian's going to have his regular show. You know, they're going to do yep. the other shows during the day. Thanksgiving. You know, I know Brian was talking about doing a pre-recorded show to air on Thanksgiving. You know, you some people might be getting like you might get in the Derek Doghouse, you know, like if you're listening to IB on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean it's good for us. But you know, I think what we're talking about, if 
if my internet cooperates, we might do a mailbag on Wednesday. And we're talking about maybe a rapid fire, just a rapid fire only show on Friday that we would yeah. put out before countdown for uh, Saturday morning. Beautiful. So, yeah. As long as we're not recording it or going live during the men's soccer game at one o'clock, Sean, USA, okay. USA. This is once in every four years. Well, and if you're eight. in the United States, it's one every eight years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need to plan on noon would be our, our goal and be done by then. I know, right? right? Big match after the draw today. Got to be England. Right. Brutal. Because if we do it, it's going to be all, you know, pretty much geared up for USC and, and that whole thing. I'm excited. So, yeah. All right. Well, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. If uh, we don't talk to you before then, there's a chance. But again, I'm leaving, you know. Call it a humble brag if you want for the Bahamas in the morning. <laughs> for the women's basketball, and we're going to be down there until Sunday. We're not coming back till Sunday. So, uh, up. Joe with a super chat. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Thankful for the Irish and IB Nation. Thanks, Thanks Joe. for you guys as well. We'll wrap it up on that. Jess, Vince, we'll talk to you later. Happy Thanksgiving again. If we don't talk to you, IB Nation Sports Talk. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.